0: We are Gold Ivy, a health company dedicated to simplifying health and wellness. Tune in as we search to find the deep, real, and raw truth. We're here to talk big, no room for small talk. It is our mission to inspire, seek growth, simplify the action steps, and build confidence. You decide what works for your daily life
1: and how to transform our lessons into your gold. Are you ready to step into your power Now is the time. Join us on the fearless pursuit of self-discovery and growth. This is Ivy Unleashed, a Gold Ivy production.
0: If you struggle with digestion, energy, bloat, acne, mood, fatigue, listen up. I spent four years, 50 plus doctors, and tens of thousands of dollars to heal my gut so you don't have to. I've created the what to do guide I wish I had before spending years navigating the overwhelming amount of information and conflicting doctor's opinions out in the gut health world. My help, I can't figure out what's wrong with me. The how to heal your gut starter kit is now available and the response to it online has been incredible. On top of what I wish I would have known, I also wish this information would have been easily accessible for me. Because of that, it's available to you on the shop page of our website for only $9.99. Included in my guide is what helped me and countless others heal their gut, along with chronic fatigue, acne, hormone imbalances, and so much more. You'll learn what foods to stay away from, what foods to eat, a four-week gut healing eating plan, lifestyle tools to aid your healing process, and two of my go-to favorite recipes. So head over to our shop page on our website, goldivyhealthco.com. And remember, happy gut, happy life. You can heal. Let me help you. So you said that you've started, you know, years ago developing this meditation practice and you are a health coach. You're very much in this space. How do you feel like that's affected your own journey with grief, having that experience?
2: I'm going to jump back to why did I write this book and that I said, I think that there's a piece of it that is somehow cathartic. I don't know that I like that word, but it's helping me assimilate this truth of my life. Along with writing the book, at the same time, I took a course, um, an Enneagram course, a year-long class. And I've had many classes. This one is specifically on conscious living. And I took it because I'm still searching for something that's going to help me figure out why the fuck I'm still here. And I wanted it For my book, because I knew I was using the Enneagram in the book. Part of this class was an agreement that every single day we would do a seven-minute practice. Seven minutes. Like, everybody can do this seven minutes. I don't enter into anything without giving it 100%, you know? So uh, then I did it, and it has changed me. 100%, I can say, I mean, there were moments that were just, and we had homework, you know, I write about these things like, this is weird shit, (laughs) and books that I read, But now when I do want to be present, because of, it was April last year, so it's, you know, been more than that, 14 months now. When I do want to be present, then I can call on it because I've been doing it every single day for all that time. Maybe I missed, maybe five in all that time, maybe six, something like that. But I get it. I like when I say now, like, who's sitting here? You get present, like you're right here. Who is it? Is it this body? Is that who you are? What, who is it? Who's sitting here right now? Me? You mean who am I? Mm -hmm. I'm not this body. Nicholas wasn't his body. There's part of the trying to grasp. Here's the other tricky thing, and I don't know if this is uh, everybody or a lot or whatever, but sometimes if I say that he's died, then I have to accept. I have to believe it, and there's a part of me that still doesn't want to believe it. It can't be true. So that helps me because I think if I'm not, th- this is a, like, I know this is so weird. I'm just getting way off now, mm-hmm. but like, this is a, a housing unit for mm-hmm. what? I am not, I am not this. There's consciousness. Well, then so's Nicholas. That mm-hmm. was so my dad. Mm-hmm. So then there's some hope. hmm
1: Okay. So some people are going to get what you just said, and some people are going to be like, what is this lady talking about? So why do you feel like this consciousness talk goes over people's heads?
2: Because we don't understand it. There's nothing tangible. I mean, same could be said for religion, whatever. Mm-hmm. And everybody can believe what they, that's great. What if being present and being open to whatever wisdom shows up is where the knowledge is? What if, just saying what if.
0: All right, Holly, you talk about the Enneagram, which leads me to my next question. You included it as part of the book. The book is broken into three parts and the middle is all about the Enneagram.
2: So tell our listeners, why did you include that part of this book? Thanks for asking that. If I may, so I'd love to get some feedback. What is your takeaway from that bit?
0: Well, it first of all made me say I wish I had 10 more hours to dig deeper into this. Because it is so interesting, and we've had on people, um, we've had guests on on human design, and all about you kind know, of why we are the way we are it really intrigues us. I found it helpful in a coaching lens to say, okay, how how are my biases showing up here? I think it elicited a lot more questions, and also made me think: Is this how I always will be, or because then now I'm aware of these tendencies, can I shift them? If that makes sense.
2: Do they have to be mutually exclusive?
0: Mm.
1: I love how you answer every question with a question.
0: <laughs> well, I think I resonated with yeah. certain things from certain mm-hmm. dominant biases, which you break it down into, and the numbers. So maybe for people listening who aren't familiar with Enneagram, can you just kind of give a brief overview of what, what that is?
2: <sighs> brief overview. <laughs>
0: um,
2: well, I go at it a little differently, and I say that in there, because there there's... Um, lots of people now that are really trying to get away with the Enneagram of type. That's what a lot of people know you're type one, you're type seven, you're type whatever, but it's another label, you mm-hmm. know? however, we humans do have what I name a dominant biasy that we look at. We strive for certain things in the world. We see things a certain way and it's different for everybody. Even if we have the same dominant biasy, like, uh, we talk about being productive, There's one uh, that would very specifically, and I think I use achievement, that's a really big focus. Not us. (laughs) (laughs) But that's just one aspect. There are others. It's very nuanced. But okay, so I try to pull it away from type. I use it as a way for people to get to know themselves. That's its point. The whole point of the Enneagram is to bring people back to presence. If you know yourself, you know where you get in your own way, you can come back to presence and be all the other things we talked about already. It's not to figure out what everybody else is or what they do, whatever, because we can't ever tell anybody else what they are, what they do. We have our own lens. But it's pretty cool and we can see, it can be painful too, to go, oh, I do those things. Oh. However, once you find your dominant bias, see wherever that point is, it's not going to change. It is. It was developed when you were a little tiny person in your family to get through this human life. However, you can choose to see how you're showing up and make choices.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's another awareness piece of what are my tendencies. And, you know, maybe you relate to them, maybe you don't, but I definitely did. My dominant ones were achievement and impact. And what I loved was, yeah, I heard my tendencies. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. But what was so nice in your book is you gave me ideas to help the griever with my tendencies, right? So for me, you said that it'll take some commitment to daily grounding practices and to trust the safety and impact of not reacting. Because I think when you're a person that's focusing on impacting other people, you want to... Say, say, the the right thing. Thing. Mm-hmm. say the right thing. You want to say the right thing. You want to motivate the person. You want to help them. And you're like, you need to be committed to not doing that. Stop it. Like don't do it. And then can I jump in?
2: Yes. The question is ask yourself, why do you do that? <laughs> What's the benefit of it?
1: Cause I'm up in my head. I'm not in my heart. Like mm, you. S- that's
2: not why that's where you are. Why? What are you getting out of it?
0: Oh, you want the acknowledgement of I who- help them.
2: For some people, that's what it is. I mean, there's what you have to get at. Okay, then what? What do you get when you help people? What does that do for you?
0: It's, for me, it's
1: worthiness. That I, mm-hmm. like, I'm a good person. I I helped someone, so now I'm like... I'm not wasting my time here on earth. I'm
2: mm-hmm. See, two different answers. Where are yeah. you going with it?
1: Mine is more like, I'm not a shitty person. I'm a good person because I'm helping people. And then what do you get from that? By saying the right thing. Self-esteem.
2: And... And value. Purpose. Value from who? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's the wall we come to. That's what's hard to get past.
1: I mean, probably God. I I mean, everything with me goes back to God where I'm like, did I sin or did I do the right thing? Doing the right thing would be saying the right thing. And so
0: that's, I just get it. was the right
1: thing? Great question.
0: (laughs) What you were told from a young age. Whether it's God or your parent
2: or society. But doing the right thing is just a few points of view. Some people don't care if they're doing the right thing. That's not on their radar. Mm -hmm. The question is because there are different reasons people want to do the right thing. So it's getting at what is my reason for doing the right thing? What do I get out of it? What's the benefit of doing the right thing?
1: See, mine would all, if I kept tracing back and back, it would go back to like God and heaven, getting to heaven if you're doing the right thing. If you're, if you have good intentions and you're not trying to hurt people, it would be something in that nature. If I kept going back and back and back, I would guess that that's where it would go to is like, it would be like, are you good enough to get to heaven? Are you worthy enough to get to heaven? It's God fearing for sure for me.
2: So judgment. Yeah. Just to, to to rock your world. That doesn't sound like either achievement or impact, that's a different <laughs> one altogether. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it's not helpful for other people, right? If I'm judging myself, then I'm probably judging other people. And so it's definitely something that I'm working on, letting go of that judgment of myself, because it's a tough critic in there.
2: Inner critic. Talk about that too in the book. <laughs> Yeah. But not everybody has a loud inner critic.
0: How do you quiet that bitch?
2: <laughs> you know, such a common conversation I have with members. Yeah. Well, do You really? You want to know the, the trick that I... It's not Please. Trick, ...strategy? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. You just called it a, a bitch. Yeah.
0: I've heard naming.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then making friends with it. So let's say you call it Fred. Fred, thank you for being here with me and helping me get things right. I'm ready to do this by myself. Can you go sit over there? But here's the thing to get through even before you get that is what's the benefit of that inner critic? What is it there for? Mm-hmm. What's the answer? Protecting. Okay. So it keeps you safe. Mm-hmm. There's what you can thank it for. Thank you for keeping me safe yeah. for all of these years. So I just started
0: therapy for internal family systems. Are mm-hmm. you familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Because I, I now, through the work I'm doing, I understand that I have these parts of me, and that's really what this therapy is. is It's identifying you have these different parts of you that are working together for a reason because of past trauma or what, what have you. And so that's what I keep thinking of is, okay, these protector parts, I'm identifying them. How is it serving me? But how can I drop that to best serve the client or the friend that's grieving? But I can't even look at it as serving because then that's
2: a doing and not a being. Yeah, what if you don't have to drop it? I just notice it, acknowledge it. As far as the Enneagram goes, there, let's say someone has an inner critic, so they really want to get things right, getting things in alignment, doing things the right way so that you stay out of trouble. You don't get in trouble, you don't get blamed for things, you're not getting yelled at, and it goes through life and just blows up. It also means you're probably pretty honest, you're probably pretty reliable. Um, If you say you're gonna get something done, you're gonna do it, and you know it's gonna be done right, people can count on you for that. So it's not about dropping away, it's about saying, wait a minute, this has value. Mm. It can take me away sometimes, And yet I've got a really clean house because that's the right thing to do. (laughs) One of my coaches, she would say,
1: let's find what it's serving and let's, would it be okay to drop the, this part of that piece? Right. So let's try and really hold on to what it's serving, you know? So yes, it was trying to keep you safe by being very direct and saying what you think. And you know, all of these things like my tendencies or whatever, but like, the parts that it's not serving your life, is it okay to let those go? Would it be okay to hold on to it for this purpose and let go since you are safe is kind of what I've been coached to do too.
0: And I love that you include both of those sides in each biases so that you can identify with one or the other. I think you know I may go more towards negative, which I feel like a lot of people may, but you can also see, okay, yeah, these parts actually do serve me here. So if this is of any interest to you, I mean, I recommend anyone and everyone gets this book, but it's such a cool aspect to really dig deeper into you specifically. And pairing that with grief is unlike any book you will ever find. Right. You can't fully witness grief
1: if you're not aware of how you're witnessing it.
2: How's your inner witness? Mm -hmm. How can you witness somebody else if you can't even inner witness?
1: In addition to the Enneagram, you include the harmonic groups. Can you explain what those are?
2: In a nutshell, the harmonic groups are the way we show up interpersonally when we don't get what we want. So if we're in a conversation that makes us uncomfortable, there is a patterned response based on our dominant bias. We're going to show up and we're not present because it's our patterned reaction. There's a formula. Once we know ourselves, we can see so clearly, wow, I do that. Okay. Once we know that, then we have a chance of changing it, doing something different. But we have to know ourselves. This is a re- the harmonic groups, they're incredible. I mean, Russ Hudson developed them. There's not a lot out there about them. Uh, even in relationships, take it out of the coaching scenario. You're in uh, an intimate relationship, a friendship, a work relationship. If there is any sort of discord and two people are having their own reactions, how often do we get asked this in coaching? You know, like, what do I do? We're fighting or whatever, whatever. If I can share this, there are three ways we show up when we are stressed, we don't get what we want, we're uncomfortable. One of these three ways, and I describe them, people can figure out, oh yeah, that's what I do. Okay, now imagine you're with someone who's doing one of the other ones. What's going to happen there? And then I can say, okay, so if you can validate them, you can see where you are, so say something about how you're feeling, and then bring in that third one. Everybody's like, wow, that's amazing. There's the whole point. The harmonics are an incredible tool for... I'm not saying it's easy to implement. Mm-hmm. But incredible tool for seeing our patterns so that we can have more um, compassionate conversations.
0: Can you briefly touch on what each of those are? And then people can read more about them in the book.
2: Well, um, we have the positive outlook group, mm-hmm. the folks that they really don't want to go down to the tough subjects, you know, and bring me down. Well, at least the
1: sun is shining. That's right. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Glass is half full. Um you have the rational competence. These are the folks that are going to get down to business. What do we need to fix it? Emotions are out the window. This is like, what do we need to do? Obviously, those two, it's going to be like mismatch. And then there's emotionally real or emotional realness. Emotional realness, I guess, is what it is. It can go both ways. These are the folks that are going to let you know how they feel. They're just going to show up. This is what, And they want to... Get the same response out of the other person. So, even if the other person isn't giving the intensity that they want, they will stir things up to get that intensity going, which obviously can cause problems. So, you've got someone who's saying, Let's get down to business and figure out how to fix this. And somebody's going, What are you talking about? The house is going to blow up. Not going to go well. So, if somebody can bring it down, let's say an uh, emotional person says, Presence. Okay. I so appreciate that your strength is just taking things apart, figuring out what we need to do, get better, moving forward with this. I am really activated right now. I'm upset. I'm scared, whatever. And I know things are going to be okay. I know things are going to be okay. What do we need to do to move forward? There's all three.
1: I love it. Can you be a mix
2: of two? The short answer is really going to be no. You can't. I mean, the point is to learn the others. So once you Mm -hmm. recognize your own... You think about using the others. It's not natural. You have a natural space. Mm -hmm. You choose to bring in the others. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: So interesting. I love it. Again, we could talk about that topic for hours. Well, it's Russ (laughs) Hudson. He gets
2: all the um, kudos for that. It's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, we'll take that in our blog too, so people can check it out, and more also in the book. Thank you. All right, Holly. We want more gold from you. So now it is time for
2: your three gold stars. Would you like to share yours? Create your daily presence practice. Uh, discover your categories and bias lens and patterns. There's no better tool than the enneagram to do that. And three, we cannot change by ourselves. People think they can read books, watch TED talks, watch a podcast, and do a po- like, oh, I can change. No, we need other human beings to change. We have to be with other people that are that can mirror us, give us feedback, challenge us. We have to have other people. Don't think you can just listen to a podcast and change. Dialogue. Love it.
0: Gorgeous. All right, more dialogue. We have some questions for you. This is Unleashing Ivy, so our rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Holly, what is your favorite memory of
2: Nicholas? Oh, wow. Hmm. That's rapid-fire?
1: Oh, you can take as much time as you want to answer that question.
0: Rapid-fire from my end. (laughs)
2: I ran this morning and I go the same route because I like it and I remember times that Nicholas would stand he'd stand on a bus stop corner waiting for the bus because he was going to work when I was running by and I would wave to him and I was very happy I was always proud to see him and I'd say hi large child and he'd (laughs) say hi birth giver you know very happy so I think that's that's the one I chose I love that
1: you are about to be a grandmother. What are you most looking forward to about being a grandmother?
2: Uh, hope. I'm gonna say, it, you know, it was really difficult for this not a planned thing. This little baby Nicholas. Uh, so it it took a while for me to wrap my head around it. But since Nicholas died, I haven't done Christmas. He loved Christmas. He did all the decorations. He, he just loved it. He loved Halloween too. So I don't do Christmas decorations, and this year. I thought, well, next year I, I have to do decorations because I'll be a little person. So I realized that this little person brings some hope that I haven't felt in pretty close to four years now. So excited for you! I'm a little scared shitless. To do
1: that. <laughs> As you should be. Yeah, yeah. I just to go on with that. How does it feel to know that a lot
2: of joy is coming your way? I don't know. That's not a word I've used in a long time. I, the scary is just what keeps coming to mind. I don't know. It's foreign and that's strange. It's a huge thing, but I'm well aware that I have a picture of my dad's son, and then there's going to be this little life. There's um, that's profound to say the least. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm I'm sure it's going to bring me to my knees. Oh.
1: Mm-hmm. Gives me like chills to think about this experience and your moments away from it. You know, I'm so excited for you and for your family. For this little guy to come into the world, it's going to be
0: awesome.
2: It's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. And last question What is one thing you wish you would have known sooner? Oh,
2: shit. That's a big one. I wish I would have known how Nicholas was struggling. I do one thing that's, I wish I would have known how he was struggling.
0: What would you say to someone listening right now who is
2: really struggling? Get a dog? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, that's so hard. I would like to be able to talk to them because I'd want to f- find someone who's safe. That's great but, advice, though. But maybe they don't have someone who's safe. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. then that's, I would want to be able to talk to them. Reach out to me.
1: Mm, I love <laughs> that. That's what I would say. Where I could guess. people find you?
2: By the time this airs, all sorts of places. <laughs> uh, Witnessinggrief.com. I'm sure I'll still have alohacoach.com up. And there's, yeah. Email. And you can always uh,
1: message us too if you want to get a hold of Holly and get more information from her.
2: Yeah. And there's the Facebook, Aloha Coach. And I did just get Witnessing Grief on Instagram too.
0: <laughs> we'll plug everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyone listening, yeah, can find you. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your gold. We. Couldn't have asked for a better human to touch this topic with us. And we just touched the surface. So, everybody
1: head to Amazon, get Witnessing Grief, buy it, read it, and uh, let us know what you think. Write a review. review. (laughs) (laughs) Write a review. It has to be
2: verified purchase reviews, but within like a really short amount of time. So, you gotta just like buy it, read review. Yeah. So, if you're thinking about
0: it, just do it. yeah. Just
2: do it. <laughs> it would help
1: Holly out a lot. All right. And lastly, your piece of gold. Would you like to share it?
2: Yep. Okay. So the reason I have to share this is because I get to plug my son, Joey. So there's a story behind this one time. So Joey was not an academic student. He's very artistic, you know, so school wasn't the easiest for him. So one day I was rousing, he's like 10 years old, rousing him to, for school. and He's resistant because that's what Joey did and and I was saying something like, you know, you just, you just get up and, you just, you know, it's not so bad. You just make the best of whatever. I don't know what I was saying. And he said, well, mom, how am I supposed to know? How am I supposed to do that? And I said, well, you just get up and you just live up to, you know, to me, to, you know, to my, and I'm, this is like, sounds like my dad, like Bob would say something like this, you know, but to my greatness. And he's like, mom, don't I have to live up to my greatness? I'm like, oh, wow. So there's the quote. It is on my basement wall. How are you living up to your greatness? So that's the quote. But it comes from Joey as like 10 years old or something. How are you living up to your greatness?
0: This is Gold Ivy signing off. Listen to your truth and go chase your gold.